All right, welcome back to Wednesday Comics here again with Alex and Garrett. As always, uh, with us right now we have uh, Tony Fleece, um, creator of Stray Dogs and writer on My Little Pony um, comics and Netflix series. That's right. Uh, so I actually had a... We, you earlier had a, a, a panel about Screenwriting 101, and you were up there with Nick Simon, and you both kind of uh, have done... Uh, pieces of work. By the way, welcome to the show. I, I just <laughs> jumped into a I literally just jumped into. You know why? Because I thought about it in there, yeah. and I thought, listen, I give it away for free. I got to say this for the podcast. Um, <laughs> and so I've been thinking about it since then. Uh, so welcome to the show. Sure. But here's the question. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the question is a follow-up of the screenwriting panel that me and Nick Simon did. Writer director Nick Simon. Right. All right. Hit it. Um, you and Nick both have done works in the horror genre yeah stray dogs is, is a, a kind of a horror book yeah um and nick has made movies in that and but for your kind of standpoint horror i think it's like one of the most one of the genres that most kind of understands its tropes understands the kind of common things in between them and actually kind of celebrates them yes. and then sometimes they use that to subvert expectations to for people because they're expecting those type of things when you are writing, let's say, Stray Dogs, is that something you keep in mind, or you just got a story, you tell it, and then afterwards, during the rewrite process, you try to put those beats in? Um, or not even a thought. Maybe it's not even something no, no, you no. think about. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think when I originally had the concept, I started thinking about different tropes of serial killer movies or, um, like, people-held prisoner movies, uh, I'm trying to think of like what that genre would be called, but you know, like the the room you're trapped right. by some sort of monster like a that won't let you. Okay, yeah, captive. Yeah, ca- yeah, yeah. Um, so I started thinking about the tropes of those sort of things and how that would translate to if it was dogs. Um, and I think um, I don't think I I don't think I got into the place where I was using them or subverting them in this story, but I definitely did sort of. Here's what I did. Because of the serial killer story, I was like, we can skip a lot of the serial killer stuff because those are tropes. And people understand once you show them a few things what the deal is. And because the story is told from the perspective of these dogs, they wouldn't know anyway. So we're just basically using the tropes of serial killers and saying like, here's what's going on to the reader without having the dogs go like, oh, he must be, you know, like, killing only women or, you know, like, he follows them in parking garages or whatever. Like, right. they only know what they know, but we can tell the reader more just through images even because they have lived in this world and seen Silence of the Lambs and seen serial killer right. movies and documentaries and Right, and I feel like the, the, the dogs themselves, too, like, the reader figures it out before the dogs yes. do ever because they're not expecting anything like that to happen until they clearly see physical yeah. in, in a dog sense the smells and the kind of things like that the kind of behavior of this person that they're used to and then what happened to my old kind of owner um, is that also like when you started that story was it the dogs first and then you realized you could use them like use them that they're, they don't know any kind of better or was it like I need to find some way of having a group of characters who are kind of ignorant to this type of person uh, it was dogs Dogs first. Uh, when I, like when I came up with the idea for that story, it was um, 
I had an I, I saw I was watching a show where there was a serial killer and he ended up with a dog and I didn't see how he got the dog. Right. And so really, like the idea for the story came from the idea of what if a serial killer killed people and took their dogs as trophies? Right. Like so that was the germ of the idea, and then very quickly it became like I thought about what perspective do I tell this from? Do I tell it from the if, if it's told from the idea of the victims? That's not like super original. If it's from the like from the a perspective of the killer that's not great from the cops I don't really care about that but then I thought like what if it was like Oliver and Company right what if it's from the perspective of these dogs and they don't know like and they're dogs they're not cartoon dogs who like you know no cultural references and stuff like that they're just dogs and so that that was sort of where it came from and I will say uh, and you kind of mentioned this in the the panel about how certain characters kind of talk and I kind of noticed that in Stray Dogs too they are very much like dogs would only know this type of stuff, mm-hmm. which is what I really enjoyed about it because you do see in some types of works they would know cultural references, and you're like, how would the dogs ever know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like, it, how are they knowing other famous dogs? Like, they're not. They don't even know what famous means. Yeah. At that point, so like, in in dogs having dogs be the characters, I feel like also you kind of remove what ruins a lot of modern horror is the cell phone kind mm-hmm. of usage being able to look things up on the internet stuff like that so you kind of was that just a a happy accident or is that something that kind of factors in when you like do you think about those things before you start a story i mean it was like you know i said how how i came up with the idea so all the stuff that like you get from it being dogs was sort of a happy accident i mean it is like when you're writing a horror story you want to find a way to make your protagonist the most vulnerable you know, like, put them in the worst possible situation. And if it's dogs, they're completely vulnerable, right? right. Like, every day... <laughs> this going to sound crazy. Like, every day that I don't just murder my dog is a is a good day for my dog. You know, like, I could just wake up in the morning and just be like, eh, I'm just going to choke this guy to death today. And they would never expect it. Wouldn't have any not idea. Gonna. You know, I could just hug him until he died. And it doesn't even matter, like, whether or not... Because right? some of these dogs, right, and, and, in, and in the book they kind of go through these motions of whether or not they trust their new owner if they're kind of yeah. skeptical of their new owner and really that's kind of how certain dogs are right more yeah. docile they show other. up they're skittish right other dogs are more are like quicker to 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 love somebody you know like we definitely played with all of that stuff and the and the way to make to like enter the story with this character sophie is that like she's a skittish dog so already you're entering into a horror story with a character that's like frightened and afraid already and and when you start reading it you're like oh she's just frightened you know like there's no reason for her to be afraid Right. And you realize, like, oh, wait, no. There totally is a reason for her to be afraid. Right. She had some kind of, like, she knew before the rest of the kind of dogs, but she didn't know why. Yeah, right, right. Right. She, had, she just had a feeling. And it happened to her most recently, and so she's sort of, like, carrying some of that still. Which is funny because, like, in, in that story, you have them in which they, obviously, these dogs don't know to kind of hide those things. Like, they're going to fully express what they're feeling. And I feel like in, in horror uh, movies and comics, they would be a character like that, but they might feel social pressure to not tell everybody, like, hey, I think this person's kind of weird and, yeah. and what's going on. It takes a while to get there, right? But in this one, as you stated, like, they have they don't know any better. Yeah. So they're all like, why is she so scared about it? Yeah. Like, this is our, he gives us food and he just, you know, we go outside. I know we can't really get out of there he kind of keeps us kind of locked up and stuff yeah, like that but why but, would you want to <laughs> yeah why yeah. would we leave yeah. because uh we're supposed to be you know in here the, the um stray dogs was a, for you a, a a big hit yeah um and uh i know that uh you mentioned something to garrett over here about 
uh, kind of like I'm not sure if it's a spiritual successor or actual successor. Are you talking about that yet, or is that something? Yeah, we, just we can heard? talk about it. It'll probably be out uh, early to mid next year. Um, it's we're working on a follow-up book. It's the whole team from Stray Dogs: me, Trish Forstner, Tone Rodriguez, Brad Simpson. Um, and it's a book. It's about cats, um, and it's not. It's not necessarily. I mean, it, it might be the same world as Stray Dogs, but it's not like a crossover right. or like a, a, a follow-up type thing. Like it's it's taking place in a different place, but the vibe is much the same. It's it's horror with animals. Looks like it looks like a Disney movie. Reads like a horror movie. Is that something that you had a story that involved cats, or was it kind of like the same with? You well, just this one was different because it's sort of like the reverse engineered way. Like right. Stray Dogs came along. I had an idea. And it was about dogs, you know, and so it was like, oh, this is cool. And with 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 this new book, the cat book, um, it was like I knew we wanted to do a book about cats, right? That's so it was like figuring out what's the horror take that we have on cats. In and a like, way, Stray Dogs was that was the germination of, of the upcoming book. Oh yeah, in for terms sure. of like saying, hey, let's do that, but in a different kind of. We knew pretty cause, because also. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, we got some announcements here at SuperCon uh, with somebody's. I think that was that Shane. No, I don't know. No, no somebody else. Uh, so, like with Stray Dogs, it w- we always knew that it was a a finite thing, like it's a five right. issue thing, and then we did the two issue follow up, which we always said like if this thing does well, we want to tell these other little short stories. But it was always a finished story. Like at the end of Stray Dogs, that's the end, right? And and I like the idea of doing that. I like the idea of like a, a movie or a story or a book where you get to the end of it and you're just like, there's no sequels. That's just it. It's just a good ass story, you know. Like, right. I like the idea of doing that, but also, I like it when there's a like an ongoing story that I can go back to all the time. And so, in doing, it's it's a lot of stuff that's sort of like the opposite in this book. Like it's instead of just having the idea come to me and having it be dogs, it was like, all right, it's going to be cats. What's the idea? Because we knew pretty soon after Stray Dogs took off and was doing well, they're like, next thing we do, let's do cats. And let's do basically this, a real similar vibe, but just with cats and, and, and tr- tell a horror story that way. So it was that, like that. And then unlike Stray Dogs, it's ongoing. So it's like all, all these things. It's not dogs, it's cats. It's not limited, it's ongoing. You know, it's not serial killer. It's sort of like zombies. Um, but it still exists in the real world and in like the in the Stray Dogs universe. You know, is is part of it also that, um, and this isn't a total one for one analogy, but so Robert Rodriguez made a movie called El, El Marachi, yeah, like totally low budget. He was like, hey, let me just make it. I want to put out a story, and then when it became such a huge indie kind of hit, he's like, what if I did this now? But now that I know how to do this, I have more money. Let's do Desperado. It's kind of like that. Like you know how you kind of know what writing these kind of uh, animal characters would feel like, and you're like, let's go that route. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess that sort of tracks as well because Desperado is not even. It's not the same character. It's not the yeah. same story. But it's it supposed is, to be just like let's. What sim- if we did it? World. Yeah, feeling. Same thing yeah. when he went to Once Upon a Time in Mexico. He's yeah. like, what if we did it and it was big budget? Yeah. Right. And it's like let's go fully out and just make it more. It's almost a more of a fairy tale than the rest of them. Yeah. Because it's so out there and so. Um, it, it, are you noticing that when you're writing your new book, you're like, "Hey, this is actually like I'm, I learned from Stray Dogs on yeah. how kind of to make for this sure." Work. Well, I mean, there's definitely a confidence that comes from have like having done Stray Dogs and having that do so well, and yeah. like, and also feeling like 
you know, uh, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Uh, my initial response to everything is to sort of downplay it, you know, and just like, ah, eh, it's whatever. Yeah. You know. But this book, like, it was good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it feels shameful to say it out loud, like, I made a good thing, you know? But having done that, I do feel a little bit of like, I think, you know, like, I can sort of trust my ideas with this other stuff and like, you know, and sort of lean into stuff like this. Um, and that's kind of part of it, too, like I was, um, that part of that is, is that, like you just said, not even a, oh, a confidence thing, but just mainly, like you said, that the market is there for that type yeah. of story. So let's go at that again if we're oh, gonna if I, mean, I have an idea for it. I feel like we opened a market that did not exist in comics I think so before too. that. There's dog and cat comics all over the place now that aren't for kids that are like serious dog and cat comics right. that did not exist, you know, before twenty twenty one. And I will say, uh, before I read Stray Dogs, um, and actually I read it because a few years ago you came to Supercon and I went to one of your panels and, and you kinda explained more of what actually involved in, in the inspiration kind of for it but prior to that it was kind of like as you stated like it's a dog's kind yeah. of book and you kind of and in the way that you kind of draw it or the way that it's kind of drawn is almost kind of like that Disney kind of style yeah. so you really do think it's a kid's book but then when I started reading I'm like oh no this is this is it's not for kids <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in a way that's almost to catch the reader off guard right. to be like you think it's going to be like that well that's definitely what the I mean it was a drawback and it's luckily um the people at Image encouraged it. We were like, what about, what if we did like horror poster, uh, like homage covers for this book? And they they were the first ones to say like, oh, that's a great idea because it tells the readers that this is not just for children, that right. this is, you just, you see like a horror movie and a cartoon dog and it tells the reader like, oh, this is a horror thing with cartoon dogs, you know? But I do think too, that just when you're, besides the covers, when you're inside of it and you're reading it, the, the gentle like beautiful cartoony artwork that Trish does really does sort of lull you into a false sense of security right and it's a trick it's a trick that we can't play every time but when we play it right it's like fuck yeah right you know, yeah like I love being able to just like the in the cat book <clears throat> there's a page turn that just goes from like the sweetest moment to the most horrifying moment and you're just like that only works in this you know Cause, yeah because I mean that's a trick a trick that not everybody I think is like in all these other animal books that are going on I feel like the more realistic you draw the animals the less sort of like soothing it is I don't know if that's the way but I feel like Stray Dogs and the new book when you look at them it's soothing looking right and so it does definitely sort of make you feel like oh okay we're fine here you know and the other books it's I don't know if it's more rendering or the way they're colored or stuff but I never feel like this is going to be okay. You know, I'm always still a little bit, there's a little tension there that regular comics have right. where you're like, there's going to be action here. There's going to be, you know. So. In a way too, I feel like, not that it makes later the horrible things that happen uh, less shocking, but it, it kind of in the vein that you're saying, like if it was from the start, ultra realistic types of animals, I feel like that also when they start getting into the violent kind of parts of the book, some people just want to like look at that in it for sure in a way it's almost like uh having like a kind of a safety on to be like hey it's going to be like it's not going to be offensive. yeah it's not going to be 100 percent yeah like uh but it is in a way then also then you get the added bonus of being like well this looks like it's supposed to be a disney movie but yet all this that. stuff is happening yeah. in here and so you do go through that roller coaster which i do feel like that stray dogs is a roller coaster thank you 
Yeah, I mean, there are definitely people anyway that that won't that wouldn't be down for it in stray dogs or anything else. There's some people that just like any sort of animal danger is a is a, a like an automatic no for them. Yeah, and obviously that's not me, but I also don't want to you know like. I feel like there's a fear that, you know, eventually you get the reputation like, oh, that's the dog murdering guy. That's the <laughs> well, that's, I was also going to ask you that, like, too, like, you can only dip so much into yeah. that well before you become labeled as that kind of creator. Right. And so, like. But what is that kind of creator? You know, like, there's nobody else out there that's like, oh, that's the guy that just kills cartoon animals all day long. That's not a thing. But it's not remind them that you made magic ponies. That's right. They'll, they'll get over it that. Yeah. They were, they, they had friendship and magic. <laughs> It's like, um, yeah, I, yeah, I wrote this guy's for you to feel good about it, and then now let's... But, but I do think there's something to be said for, like, you know, we made this lane, and I think we can stay in it for a little while. We're going to do Cats for hopefully a long time, and then we have an idea for, like, you know, I think we'll do three animal horror stories, me and Trish. Um, and so we're working on Cats now, and then somewhere down the line, you know, years from now, we'll do the last thing. Is it demonic horses? Yeah, I think it's going to be horses <laughs> for sure. Awesome. It's got to be horses. You know? like that would be good. Yeah. Right. yeah, we come from ponies. Magic, yeah, murder horses. Yeah. yeah, and you can have the big bad be that one at the Denver airport that has yeah, red that eyes. Lucifer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be the yeah. big bad. Um, part of that also, too, like, as you were stating, even though, like, if you make that lane, I don't think, I think you can dip, and people dip into it all the time, people, because, like, if you think of George Romero, who basically created yeah. the zombie genre, when he made a new zombie movie, people were like, come on, Romero, do something else. People were like, hey, it's the new Romero yeah, exactly. zombie movie. And I'm not only doing, you know, I'm doing other stuff, too. I feel right. like uh, I feel like it would be kind of dumb to, to, I mean, it's not like I invented something, yeah. but I sort of did, you know, a right. little bit. Tap the vein. Yeah, I tapped into It's also into very hard in, in, in any kind of medium to make a type of story in that way that you're like, wait, have they have They have they not done, done that before, before. yeah. Yeah, and even... even it shouldn't be that like that's the only caveat for this to be something that's interesting. But when you start reading it, like I said, it, it really it does feel like a roller coaster because not only are you the look of it kind of soothed by it, but then the way the dogs kind of interact or kind of happy with each other minus uh, um, Sophia, uh, Sophia, right? Sophie, yeah, Sophie, yeah. And then and and so you're kind of like, oh yeah, it is kind of more like. I'm happy right now because they're happy until you start seeing stuff happen. So, like, even at that point, like, that's where the meat and potatoes of the story is. It's like, this is a nice kind of cover yeah. for it. So, like, um, I don't know where we're going with that. But I just was saying that, like, these books that you're making, even if this uh, the beat points for, for strays won't be the same thing as Stray Dogs um, for the cat one that you're making. Yeah, it won't, yeah. be, won't be the same beats. No. Obviously, because you know we're writing a different story, but you have that kind of nice subversion because people would look at it and be like, "Hey, that's like that Stray Dogs book, and this is Tony Fleece." So you have that nice kind of. That's also something you can uh, play subverse against. expectations. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That yeah, that's fun. It's fun to play with for sure. And then you also, like you said, you have other works you're working on. Obviously, the My Little Pony, Local uh, Man, yeah. Local Man. Uh, did that trade just come out? Trade, uh, it's we. I have it here at the show, but it comes out on Wednesday this week. Right, so it's not in out shops. Yet, so you can yeah. get it first here. Um, that's what I thought. I'm going to stop by and get that. Um, so you have Local Man, and you did My Little Pony. Uh, uh, lo- My Little Pony on uh, on Netflix right now. Make your mark. Um, Local Man from Image Comics with Tim Seeley. Uh, it's about a superhero. Uh, like a, a 1990s style image comic superhero who's who's now 20, 30 years later has to move back home with his mom and dad because he's like canceled and fired and 
is moves to this small town in the Midwest where everybody hates him. And then people start getting murdered, and he's not allowed to be a superhero anymore, but he knows he wants to try and f- help or figure out what's going on. He try and wants to do something. He's not sure what. So, Is that something that you've stated is going to be an ongoing, or is that just like that a... One, that one is ongoing, yeah. We, uh, the first trade comes out um, the Wednesday, and then issue six comes out in a couple weeks after that. There's a issue called Local Man Gold that was like a one-shot that came out probably a month ago. So we got all kinds of local men out there. Uh, me and Tim are having a great time on that thing. So. When you start to write a book like Local Man and you kind of know that you want to write it on an ongoing basis, mm-hmm. uh, is it a matter of, like, I know I want this to be the beginning and end, and I'll, you know, the middle, I'm going to, yeah. like, we're going to go back and forth? Yeah, it's basically uh, we create sort of like a story engine where the... <laughs> Hold on a sec. Raffle. 806. Stop by the table. Whoa, whoa. Also, a couple more minutes until we have a special raffle. So if you have a yellow ticket, start making your way down. We're going to have a one ticket drop for 15 items. And another thing. You see, this is why we recorded the main part of the show in the, yeah. in the hotel, because I was just like, <laughs> nice. I told you guys to announce it. I don't feel any worse, though, doing it out here than we would have in there, because it still would have been loud. Oh, yeah, in there, yeah. Uh, no, we set up like a, a story engine in Local Man where uh, he's he has to move back to the small town. He thinks he's going to be away from all the sort of like the hero, supervillain nonsense. And then the more he digs into it, he realizes that it, this shit just bleeds into everywhere. And so p- parts of his past are coming back to haunt him. And so, and then also, we sort of set up a, a deal where mysteries can sort of pop up. And he, even though he's not supposed to be, he's he's not necessarily like a detective. He just realizes that, like, from having been a superhero, he wants to save the day all the time, you know. So he he ends up getting wrapped up in these things. Um, so yeah, we know what the beginning, and obviously we know what the ending is. And the middle is just a matter of sort of like stretching it out and putting putting these adventures in there in the middle right. until we get to the point where we want to wrap it up. Do you have an, did you, when you and Tim start on this book, like do you have an idea how big the middle you want it to be, or you're saying we'll go as long as it feels good? We'll go as long as it uh, as long as it feels good, and as long as it's you know we can afford to make it for right because it. okay. it's uh, it's creator owned comics, which means like we don't get paid up front; we just get paid based on how it sells. And so right now it sells enough that we can afford to make it. Right. Uh, but it's not like, like Stray Dogs was a phenomenon. So like that thing started coming out and we're just like, holy shit, this is great. But this book and what I should have done as a, if I was just like really dedicated to my craft was just put all that money aside and just only use it to be able to make whatever comics I wanted for the rest of my life. But instead what I did was I bought a house. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, a little Tony. Uh, so, uh, so now I have to just keep making money. <laughs> just keep working and making right, money. Local, uh, local man coming out Wednesday <laughs> and then uh, issue six next week. That's right. Uh, make sure the cats will do what the dogs did for you. I well, listen. I have a feeling people like cats. I'm not. I'm not expecting it to do as as crazy as Stray Dogs was because I feel like that's like a once in a lifetime sort of crazy success situation. But you know, I I have a feeling we'll do okay with it. You know, knock on wood. I'm excited that's gonna be ongoing because Stray Dogs I wish would be ongoing, right. but I'm glad you had a complete story. Well, we wish that too. You know, like we as soon as we as soon as people start reading, I was like, I wish this wasn't the end right now, but it is. So yeah, we gotta wrap uh, it up. makes you want more. Well, in a way, that's also kind of like 
a testament to how strong those characters are that people want to see more of them. But also, like you said, you have to just know when the story's going to end. For sure. And I feel like we could have probably, you know, maybe stretched it out by an issue or two in the middle there. There was, there was a little bit in Stray Dogs where we thought, what if they get all the way to the climax and then they all forget and they ha- and we come back and there's brand new dogs there now. There's like 10 new dogs and we're just like, holy shit, what happened? You know? Yeah. So there's a part of me that wanted to pull that trick, but also it was just like, you know, it was our first time doing a book at Image. We weren't sure it was going to, you know. We just sort of had to figure out, like, this is our book. This is what we're going to do. So, Speaking of it, you say Stray Dogs, Stray Dogs was a phenomenon, but you also had been writing My Little Pony during also when it's this turned yeah. into this huge fandom thing. Like, uh, when you first started writing that book, is that was a weird thing to kind of navigate that people feel so strongly for that book? And it's kind of just like now you don't even think about it. Uh, it's so used to it. It was sort of like my first taste at that sort of uh, fandom and success and uh, the Milo Pony books. So weirdly, I drew the Milo Pony books. I wrote them once in a while, but very yeah. rarely. And then I wrote for the TV show. So it's my my career is confusing and strange. But <laughs> but yeah, uh, like through Pony fandom and Brony conventions and stuff like that, we definitely got a taste of what it was like to just be like make this beloved comic book. Right, you know, yeah. like uh, you know. Until Stray Dogs, I didn't think I'd work on any other comics that sold like you know hundreds of thousands of copies and stuff. But uh, yeah, then not everybody, you know, like I said, it's a once in a lifetime crazy you know thing like that. And I I forget whether or not um, My Little Pony was when you started writing it. Was it already crazy like that, or was it it happened afterwards? Yeah, when I started, um, so they started making the comic two years after the new series started so like they were wrapping up the second season hold on these announcements are so intricate and detailed you know what's funny is that when we were deciding we're not to record here over there when we did the other part of the show they were like hey it's no announcements right now but now now that we're actually recording they decided to do back to back uh yeah, so the ponies. It was in between the second and third seasons, and the book launched, and it was sort of like at the height of its popularity. Right. Okay. And so they, there was already bronies. There was already this adult fan base and kid fan base, and so it came out, and it was parents wanting a comic to buy for their kids. It was bronies. It was speculators. It was all this stuff, and it just came out. And the, so the first issue of that comic sold over a hundred thousand, which doesn't make a difference to the people that write or draw it because you don't get extra money for That's, yeah, success on licensed books at IDW. I mean, but, if you did, though. But we could go to conventions, and we all of a sudden, it was like Jim Lee walked in or something, yeah. you know, like at certain conventions. So I did have, a, like, a nice taste of that for years. I drew My Pony for, uh, uh, like, eight years before we did Stray Dogs. Now I've been working on it for over ten years. And as somebody who has written and also drawn uh, their own comic in Stray Dogs, and then you go and work on Local Man with Tim Seeley, is, is there... Um, like, let's say it, it, when he writes his scripts, is Tim very much like, hey, let's do this, this, and this? Or is it like, hey, Tony, figure out what we're going to do here? So when when me and Tim do Local Man, we come up with the outline together. So we'll, get, we'll figure out, like, a, a page long, like, here's what happens in this issue. Um, we'll, first of all, we've talked about, like, what happened in the arc. And, and, like, we have the arc pretty much figured out. But then one of us will take a crack at like writing a page long like here's what happens in the issue and then usually tim will write the 
first draft of the script. And then I'll take a pass and do my draft of the script, and then I just basically run it past them, make sure everything's good, and then I start drawing. Right, so it's very collaborative then. Super collaborative, yeah. We're, we're co-writers, co-artists, co-owners, co-creators. Like, good. It's, it's, I mean, sometimes, you know, you get a... Uh, a writer on the well, I'll go back to what I always say, but like Alan Moore, if you ever re- yeah. wrote re- uh, read his scripts, yeah. they're very much like make it like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, as an artist, I would feel kind of be like, okay, I'll do that. But then it feels more like work for hire than making yeah. actually making your own work. As a writer, artist, artist, writer, I don't know which order you put those <laughs> things in, but yeah, I'm sort of at the point where it only makes sense to me to draw something if I'm writing it or if I'm co-writing it. You know, um, just unless it was like you know it was like alan moore or something but i don't know i don't see that happening like but i I, like i know uh that i can make good comics all by myself yeah and so there's like nobody on my level this that sounds crazy that's not like (laughs) i'm not like a rapper (laughs) i'm saying the level that i'm at yeah uh any of the the writers that, that are on the level that i'm at uh, they don't need me. They have their own artists, right? Right. But I'm me. I can yeah. draw my own stuff and make it dope, and I can write it and make it dope. Like, I've, I feel like I'm in a in a period right now in my career where I want to just make my own stuff, write and draw my own stuff. Do you prefer to do both of them by yourself? Or you, like, you I like- would lo- like, ideally, I would end up at a place where I can just, um, where I've got enough stuff set up and and making me, like, passive income all the time. Yeah. Where I can just sit and make my own comics for a while and and just write it and draw. I've got a few books that are like that are just me that I'm just gonna make all by myself. Um, so I'd love to try to get there and try that. Probably not color them myself because that I, I get really bored doing that over long periods of time. But but like again, even with like our colorist Brad Simpson, we're pretty collaborative on that end too. You know, like we're sort of passing files back and forth. Number seven. Um, <laughs> I'll ask you the uh, final question. We want to keep. We don't want to keep you forever, but um, with uh, the Caps book that's coming out, and then you have Vocal Man, as obviously we said, Trey coming out this Wednesday, issue six next week. Yeah. And then you have the Netflix show, My Little Ponies, yeah. um, Army of Darkness from Dynamite. All that's right. coming out. That's that's out also in two weeks. I think. I think it comes out the week before Local Man or the week after uh, issue one of that. Uh, I'm co- I'm writing that one. Just, uh, Justin Greenwood draws it. It's a sequel to the movie Army of Darkness. Uh, sequel to both the director's cut and the original ending, or the theatrical ending. A sequel to both of them? Yeah, you'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, what? Which one's the original? Is it the when he comes back into the store? Yeah, Hail of the King, baby, kisses that girl, the the dead, yeah. and then the director's cut is where he's in the future. Oh yeah, and right. He slept too long. Yeah, it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah, so um, if, so it's Tony Fleece month in October. So go ahead and get uh, yeah. Local Man Trade issue yeah. six, yeah. Army of Darkness, and yeah. then watch the Netflix show. That's right uh, for October. That's what we're going to call it Tony Fleece month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tober. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fleece Tober. There you go. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys for having. Thank you for sponsoring me. By the way, I don't know what all that entails, but very appreciated. I'm very grateful for that. Listen, uh, yeah, every year we like this uh, kind of small, medium kind of con. It makes it's very um, collaborative in a way. It's also like nice to uh, that 
you know, you're from this area and you kind of know like stuff like this. I feel like this is a very artsy area, but also it's also uh, not not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's pockets, and I like that we have a pocket here yeah. where we can talk to a Tony Fleece or talk to like an Eric Gasper and stuff like that. Yeah, so. for sure. This is great. Thanks, Tony. Thanks.